BS, not oh. not the C, not the pharmacy, <laughs> but the, you know, the the TV network. All right. Did I know? Well, I'll check. Yeah, uh, all right. Welcome everyone to another episode of Maybe Next Year. That was my fault. I I totally like teased Paul and then hit record. So you probably heard the end of like him laughing off me teasing him. My name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. I think that's two in a row now, right? Where yeah, I, I know. talked over the intro. Yeah. Well, it used to be that like a summer, you know, quote unquote, spring and summer podcast was like you were just as likely to get, you know, our our top 10 movies we've watched since, you know, last football season. Or you might get, you know, a, a winding path of uh, God knows what. And now you're actually going to get some football talk, um, uh, you know. So I think if the, if the worst that listeners have to put up with is like, you know, a little bit of an unclean start, then. Hey, too bad. Um, but it is draft season here in the NFL world. Um, the Buffalo Bills will pick 30th next week. Now, a week from today, they will be picking 30th, or they will be picking ahead of 30th, or they will be picking behind 30th, or maybe they won't be picking at all. Maybe they'll trade the 30th overall pick for, uh, you know, another Stefan Diggs, you know, Lathon Diggs. Um, and so, although Stefan Diggs does have a brother who plays football, so he does Trayvon, uh, or is it Trayvon Diggs? What's his name? Scott? I think it is Trey Diggs, right? Yeah, I want to say Tra- right. Trayvon Diggs, but, uh, maybe not. Brother. Edmonds had Terrell. Trayvon Diggs. Yes. Trayvon. Yeah. Okay. Well, yes, maybe, you know, he, that, that must be nice to like, you know, you're a corner and your brother is a wide receiver and, um, probably a lot of stuff anyway um look it's draft season this is as i was saying before wait till you see my my stunning lack of um knowledge about drafting uh per usual new listeners um i have done my usual almost no research um and scott will of course know some of these college names although i wonder if covid has affected that and paul will have uh done put in some effort Right. Uh, I will not be Scott me. level, but I will be I'll be between Frank and Scott level of, yes. of research. So I've heard that um, here's the good news. We're probably not going to draft a quarterback because we don't really need one, which is great. Um, here's the bad news. I got no clue what the Buffalo Bills are going to do. I've heard everything from running back to defensive end to trade to cornerback to anything to, to long snapper. Mm-hmm. Actually, I haven't heard long snapper, but. I, I wouldn't be too surprised, um, but I, I, I guess let's let's turn to Scott first. Let's let's put our best foot forward, Paul, and let's. Scott oh, absolutely, first. Scott. Why don't you get us started on what you think might be um, Buffalo's, uh, you know, goal here, uh, and then maybe after we kind of kick that around a bit, we'll talk about some of the specific players sure. uh, and other things we'll be talking about. Sure. So. I mean, I think the the challenge is always, you know, there's two ways to start this. There's what what do we think the Bills are going to do, and then what what do we think they're going to do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we haven't had a needs based discussion, so I'll start with the needs, and then we can talk about that in general. So, mm-hmm. I think the Bills. Obviously, we know the team is in decent shape. Obviously, they did okay last year. I heard the championship game. Pretty good. Best best team in in fifteen twenty years at least. Um, so the the question is how do you how do you get better? And the the free agency we saw was clearly not it was let's just bring everybody back and we'll we'll get better through the draft. 
Um, I think the three positions that, for me, leap to line are corner, edge rusher, and running back. Um, I think... I think what I am concerned about, and I'll, I'll throw it over to you guys to think through this. Okay. I am concerned, um, you know, I, obviously the Bills have, have not done a terrible job drafting. Obviously, like Josh Allen, good. Trey White, good. Um, Cody Ford, mm, mm, he's a guy. Um, you know, Devin Wait, Singletary, Zay, Frank, Zay, thoughts? I was going to say Zay Jones is a miss. I was going to fill in the other end of the yep, board sure. there. Although yeah. we have an extra draft pick this year, so thank you, Zay Jones, for giving us that extra fifth-round pick. Right. Um, so so the concern I have is is you, any draft's going to have hits and misses. I think McDermott seems to – McDermott and Bean have this kind of fetish with we must have an unending amount of defensive linemen. Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't, I don't feel like we're going to – I feel like the, the the talent that is there on defensive line is not really doing it for me. I think there's there's plenty of guys there who will be NFL players, NFL starters, but um, we have lots of guys who are NFL players and NFL starters. We don't have guys who are like dominant defensive ends, and we're not going to be. We wouldn't be able. To, we wouldn't be in a position to get one anyway, probably at picking at thirty. But it, these guys are not ones who are really going to get me excited at thirty. Um, I think that. From my perspective, having a having a um, having a good corner, a good number two corner, because we already have a good number one corner. We just need a really a good a good number two or a number three corner. Mm-hmm. Both of those, you can get those in the bottom half of the first round. You can I, the the book says don't draft running backs in the first round because it's very rarely worth it. I kind of agree with that, but when you're picking at thirty, you're kind of on the edge of the first round anyway. So if if a guy like Travis Etienne or Najee Harris was on the board. I think the Bills should think through that. But those are the needs and kind of how I see them. And I think the Bills concern me because I feel like they're going to go edge rusher. And I feel like we're just going to get another kind of um, high motor, tries hard, not that at all, not all that talented edge rusher that, um, you know, eats up a lot of salary and gets his five sacks on the season. Um, and I also I'll also end by saying both of you, Frank is correct. This is arguably one of the worst years ever to evaluate prospects because, A, half the guys sat out last season because they knew the COVID risks weren't worth it and they wanted to make sure that they were healthy for redraft positioning. And half the teams weren't playing full schedules, or if they were playing full schedules, they were all they didn't have practices, they were running around. Things were weird. So there's going to be a lot of misses this year, more so than normal. Um, but anyway, Paul? Let's keep- yeah, kick it over to Paul first because yeah. I have an opportunity to make myself a drink and grab my sandwich. All right. Uh, so Frank's going to be enjoying himself a little bit more than us uh, for the next few moments. So, yeah, I largely agree with with Scott on this. Brandon Bean talked as much uh, this week about how it's going to be difficult to evaluate players. Just specifically, they don't have the medical information that they would normally have going into the draft. So that's going to prove challenging on the draft in in the past you know scott mentioned cody ford's kind of mad but he's done well with josh allen he's done well with trey white i would also add Deion dawkins to the list as someone who's been a good addition early returns good on guys like gabe davis and tyler bass so you know the, the combination of, of hits and misses that i think you're you you can expect uh in most instances in the draft i think you hit the nail on the head with the the analytics of who we want to look at edge rusher you want to look at a cornerback for a number two corner you want to look at running back i will add one other one to that and that is tight end they did 
signed uh, Josh's tight end at Wyoming. I think it's Jacob Hollister's his his name, but Dawson Knox had developed a bit his freshman year, sophomore slumped his, through his uh, you know his second year a little bit, and that is certainly not a secure position. So I feel like yeah, when you're picking at thirty, you you are not going to get. Uh, someone who's what I would call a 50 plus percent difference maker in that spot. You know, if you're drafting it, you know, eight. Yeah. 50 Frank, plus Frank's crumpling up. Yeah. Ice to put That's it. No. I'm crushing. throwing away my paper now. I had it all written <laughs> out and Paul's just destroyed my, my feelings on it. So sorry. No, it's okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry. All right. Um, so yeah, the, the tight ends, um, you know, tight end is also a position where they should look when you are picking it at 30, as I, as I was saying, you are probably not going to get a difference maker right off the bat. You're probably going to get a guy. Maybe you can develop, maybe you end up being like the Ravens a few years ago and you stumble into, I shouldn't say stumble into, but you take a chance on a Lamar Jackson at, you know, number, you know, 31, I think he was that year. You know, chances are you're not going to get a league MVP in a second season with the guy you draft where the Bills are drafting, but you can look to develop. We did see some development by the end of the season in A.J. Epinesa. Will that help the edge rusher position? Will F.A. Obata help the edge rusher position? I think yes, but I think it's tough to look at those guys and say definitively, like, these are going to be, you know, guys who are going to be 10, 15 sack guys, you know, Khalil Mack types. Those guys are few and far between, I recognize. So, they might go that they might go with with running back. You know, they they might very well see like, OK, you've got Moss and Singletary. They were critiquing how the run game was going. But I think what inevitably is going to to happen on their approach, you know, everyone always says it's going to be best player available. And often that's a line of crap because the Bills did what they had to do trade wise a few years ago to get a quarterback in the first round and a quarterback heavy draft. So they absolutely will draft for need when they need to. But when you're at 31 Scott or 30 Scott had mentioned the fact that they re-signed a lot of their guys. So they do not technically need a starter at any position right now. There's not one position where you wouldn't be at least okay with the guy that they have slot in to start. So this gives you that opportunity outside of quarterback to really draft anyone to, to draft someone who you, you might think, yeah, we're great at linebacker, but we're not sure if we're going to give Tremaine a fifth-year option because we're going to be up against it with a cap. Maybe we look to get a, a linebacker knowing that that might be a problem. Cornerback, obviously, we discussed. The whole defensive line we discussed, too, because even if you're thinking Al Dollar is going to develop, develop as a, a three technique, you're still going to need a one technique with Ludo Lely on probably what's going to be his last season with the Bills just based right. on his salary. And, and, you know, the other and Harrison Phillips has been a disappointment. And then same on the offensive side of the ball. Mitch Morse is, is, you know, not a great fit for this, this scheme, at least in the run game. So you, you have to look at what they're going to do on the line. Cody Ford's a question mark, right? Butker's a question mark. These are all a bunch of question mark, except on the tackle positions, with Williams and Dawkins. And even still, if you can get, uh, if someone on your board is a, is a tackle who's still available at 30, who you had ranked as the eighth or ninth overall prospect, unlikely, but what the heck, get that guy. You can always trade a guy like Daryl Williams, or, you yeah. know, it's a year deal and you just develop the guy a year or two. And then year three, he starts and Williams is his backup and, you know, took Josh Allen until his third year of development. So I think this year, if, if Brandon Bean trades up, I would expect it will be somewhere in the 20s when someone has slid down much further than he expected. It, it would be an excellent grab. If he trades down, I would expect that when they're getting down to 30 and the top 25 guys are off his board, and he's thinking, let me get some value out of this. He'll trade down. Otherwise, I think it's going to be 
anything but quarterback at number 30 will not surprise me. You know, I'm glad you brought up, I'm not that glad you brought up linebacker because I wanted to say linebacker. It was one of those positions where I thought about, um, I know that there's pe- people who have questions about Edmonds. For me, it was really more the health issue that about last year with Edmonds and Milano together. And I'm excited that both those guys are playing. I think that when they are together, they're a very good linebacking core or, or, or you know, pairing anyway. Yeah, excellent um, tandem. Tandem, excellent word. Um, but to me, there that was a place where like, okay, kind of like you're saying, Paul, you're not drafting to start, you know, you're not drafting for somebody to start. You're drafting so that somebody uh, will be able to contribute to the team. And, you know, backup linebacker or outside line, you know, some position in that part of the field might be helpful. And you might be able to get a player who will have a bigger impact than defensive end, which as Scott points out, it's a little hard to get a guy who is going to have an immediate impact that late in the in the first round. Um, definitely, this, this is the part of the draft where, where corners seem to come from, so that that, that makes sense to me too. Um, you know, the Bills have sort of got a rich history of of having you know good corners that rotate or you know and, and for the first you know and then leave or for this you know with Tre'Davious White the first time that you know extend and stay longer in Buffalo, um, which is pretty cool. Um, tight end. I'm tight end. I lump in with kind of wide receiver and kind of running back because I don't think, you know, the WGR was talking about this week. And one of the guys was like, you know, under no circumstances draft a running back in the, in the first round. And I think that um, it would, that sounded a bit dogmatic to me. And I appreciated Scott's, you know, honesty of like, you know, maybe at the end of the first round, it makes more sense. And that can't, that can't always be true. Um, I wasn't thrilled with Devin Singletary last year. I wasn't, but also I think that they had moved to such a passing offense that it didn't really kind of matter. So to me, that's unless you're going to get a guy who's going to catch the ball 10 times a game, you know, and, 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 and get out there in space, that doesn't make sense to me because I think you have enough of a running threat between the guys you have in Josh Allen that I, I don't think you're looking to bolster your running game. Exactly. I think you're, your running game is built to be mediocre to average, and that's fine because when you're in the goal line situation, Josh Allen is the threat, not not anybody else, and that's who you want everybody worried about. Um, so if you got if you have people who can take advantage of that, that's great. But I don't think you're looking to create a different threat there. I think that's why I look at tight end and even wide receiver. Not that I have my eye on one in this draft, um, but. You, if you're going to go offense, you want points, you want weapons. Um, I don't know if I necessarily want to do that, but I just pain guys out there. Scott rightly points out, like, all the missing information with college. Don't forget that there's a big missing information slate on the NFL side, too. I mean, Star Latule. He comes back. We don't really know what that means because we don't know what last year was without him. And 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 did it mean everything or did it mean nothing? Would it have been basically the same? It's hard to say. Um, and and certainly with a year off, is he going to look better? Is he going to look worse? Is he going to look rusty? Is he just not going to fit in? Um, is he going to be dynamite? Like that's a <laughs> that could be that's a possibility too. So um, you know, and if and if you fix that defensive tackle position does that free things up for the edge which was always sort of the question um 
at least in the first half of the year before things started to kind of settle in. Um, that is what I have kind of come up with is that it really is a weirdly wide open year. It is certainly Paul had said online, you know, this is our 10th draft that we have, quote unquote, covered. Um, so uh, um, covered being a loose word, you know, I, I don't use that precisely, strongly. precisely. Um, uh, but, you know, it's the first time that they're in a position of like, we don't really necessarily have a glaring need somewhere. Um, we've identified the needs, even with like corner. I, I feel like they managed last year. You know, they managed. They they struggled against the best passing, uh, you know, the the other best passing offense in the league, which was um, Kansas City. And I think Tampa really showed that, um, you know, if you can disrupt Patrick Mahomes with the defensive ends, then you can really affect Kansas City's ability to play football. So I think we know what you need to get to the next level or what you'd like but it's hard to call that a need when you are in the afc championship game and sort of dom you know kind of dominated your division for for lack of a better word um maybe we'll talk a little bit about that too but let's get into some specific players uh i'm gonna go ahead and say i don't think we're gonna draft trevor lawrence zach willis wilson or justin fields um um so that's that uh i'm interested in the running back position of Atien and um, who's the other guy? Uh, Aji Harris. Aji Harris. That's right. And who's the who's the guy from Buffalo? Is that not that's not Aji Harris? That's uh, Jared Patterson. I think he'll be a little bit. Scott will know better than I would, but I think he'll, he'll be, be later. more later round. Right. Well, if you're talking running back, and why don't, we'll start with you, Paul. If sure. you're talking running back, don't you think that maybe you know you don't want to, if you're going to get one, let's not overinvest. And and he certainly you know ran well in, in at Buffalo. Yeah, I, I think that would be, I always would like the Buffalo story. We've yet to really have a Buffalo Bull make a significant impact on the Buffalo Bills. We did have Naaman Roosevelt play a bit and catch a touchdown. We had Drew Haddad on the roster. Both of those guys were wide receivers. It would be nice to have someone from uh, Buffalo make an impact, but as much as I like a feel-good story, you know, is is he going to be high enough on the Bills board when they pick in the third, fourth, fifth round for them to look at him when they're, you know, OK at that position? My my suspicion with running back and it may or not it may or may not prove to be true. I feel like they'll either get Harris or Etienne or Javante Williams out of out of North Carolina and or they will get none of those guys and they will probably and then they might forego until like the seventh round, uh, you know, it take a flyer on a running back type. I think by drafting a running back in the first, in the third round, the last two seasons, you, you might not look to draft a similar type of player. You're going to try and draft a guy you think is going to be a home run guy or a guy that you think is going to, Hey, you know, we'll, we'll see what this guy can do in, in training camp on the, the edge rusher position. I'll just prioritize the one Scott's did. And then I, I won't mention all the names because Scott's going to know, these capabilities of players better than I, I will. But is it possible someone like Joseph Sy of Texas is available? Yes. Um, and he's pretty good, but is he worth picking at 30 or do you hope he falls like AJ Epinesa, who was projected to be a first round pick last year until he had a bad combine performance. Do you, do you hope that a guy like that, that falls? I think cornerback uh, you've got some options. Uh, it's kind of scary to me. The two of the big names I've seen, are Patrick Sertan the second and Asante Samuel Jr. Because I feel like, you know, uh, uh, I'm just getting older 
and it's undeniable at this point. Like, remember their dads pretty pretty damn well. Feel like they weren't playing that long ago, and now they're two of the top three. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if they're going to get either of those guys, but if someone falls, you know, God, maybe they take a look. Quarterback is the only position I've done no uh, research into. The one thing I'll say, and then since I, I don't want to go position by position and steal from Scott, who knows much more about college players than I do, uh, I just want to mention wide receiver because we haven't really discussed that too much. And there are a lot of good wide receivers in this this draft. And we can't overlook the fact uh, we did talk about Devonta Smith earlier, but we, we can't overlook the fact that, you know, Stefan Diggs is closing in on 30 and Cole Beasley is, I believe, 31. We saw what how quickly age and injury caught up to John Brown, uh, that he's already off the roster. Gabe Davis had a nice rookie season, but can you depend on him to keep that up? You never know. He could he could go the Zay Jones route and go downhill, or he, he could progress like Eric Moulds did in his second and third seasons. Uh, it can go either way. Emmanuel Sanders is 72 years old, so you can't depend on him too much beyond the season, and he's on a one-year right. deal. So I think with the depth that you have with the receiver class this year, I would not mind seeing either a first or second round pick going to receiver with the amount of talent that is there. And then I guess I will pass along to Scott who actually knows college players. I like that point. That's all I want to say. Go ahead, Scott. Or not. Or not, Scott. You don't have to talk. Yeah. I think he's on mute still. Scott might be on mute. Yeah. There you you go. (laughs) Yeah. So no, I mean, no, I mean, obviously like I, you know, I, I think, I think the tough thing is it's, yeah, I mean, there's a there's a fine line between best player available and you're over investing too many resources in an, in a league where you have a finite amount of resources, and I think that's that's where that's where a wide receiver pick makes is is tough to tough to see making sense. Even yeah, like like linebacker, I could see even closer just on the 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 thin kind of depth that we have at linebacker and the fact that we you know are supposed to have at least two on the field, uh, if not three, most of the times. Um, and obviously we need a guy who can cover Travis Kelsey, ideally at some point in the future, cause we're at least, or hope that Milano and Edmonds just magically get better at doing that. Um, getting into players who are not on any NFL teams yet. So, yeah. So for me, like I, I, I am, I am basically trying to talk, I am trying to explain my way into drafting ATN, um, from Clemson. Like I, I like him. He has been a great back for many years for Clemson. Um, Sure, he's got some tread on the tires because of that. He's been handling the ball for three or four years. But at the same time, the bills are in the window now. We don't need Hugs Etienne, goes by Hugs. Um, We don't need him four years from now. We need him for the next three. Like if 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 he's the piece of the puzzle in the offense that puts us to where we are quite quite regularly putting 35 or 40 points on the board that's that's where it makes sense um he is a guy who can catch the ball out of the backfield and he also brings an element that that um singletary and moss do not bring and frankly that williams and some of the other guys don't bring who are coming out this year which is speed he is faster than than singletary and moss and he's faster than most of these other guys Najee harris is is good and he can get up to to speed but he is not as fast as as atn I don't feel like the value is there for the Bills. Um, so, but yes, I agree that it is for me. It's kind of ATN or bust in the first round. If he's off the board, um, or we feel like ultimately like the offense is all going to be doing okay, um, I'm I'm not going to be bent out of shape if we don't take him. Um, I like seeing playmakers 
Um, so I, I, I would have been excited to see him. I did look up the, um, I did look up um, the official kind of capsule of Jared Patterson. Let me know if this sounds familiar, Frank. Bowling ball of balance and power. Uh, <laughs> short but stout. Chunk of production after contact. Breaking tackles. Decent speed to the edge. Uh, sees the field well but can be hesitant in certain running lanes. Choppy running style. Last pass, <laughs> lacks pass-catching production. All right. Well, then we don't need another Devin Singletary. That's yeah. fine. The second, the, well, the clincher was lax pass-catching production because yeah. Frank will never forget the Singletary drop <laughs> in the championship game. I also like Scott's Obviously uh, chew him up. Obviously, would the whole game. Yes. I also like Scott's chew him up and spit him out approach to the running back position. Just give us a few years, Eddie, and then you can... You can I think that's a really fair point, though. It is. Look, is, at, Le- you look know. at Le'Veon Bell. Unstoppable mm-hmm. for the first several seasons of his career. Now he's a guy. You know, He is a guy. You know, and, and you got to be on the right team. And I think that one of the disappointing things, too, about those running backs is they were on the right team in a way. Yeah. You know, they, they should have had better production, and they didn't. And that's what some of what the itch to replace Singletary is for me now. And, and I'm, I wasn't not exactly married to Zach Moss either. But I, I think Scott explains it perfectly with regards to running back. If there's a special running back that is truly special and you can get him without, you know, damaging anything else, go for it. Otherwise... I, I think the Bills are probably with you. They're in make-do territory. You know, we, we'll just we'll just run these guys out again. Um, did you have more, Scott, or did you? Yeah, yeah. Okay, no, yeah. I was going to go. I mean, that's because that's the guy who really does it for me on offense, and I think that's sure. I think that's the thing. Like, I, and he's a clear first-round talent for me. Like, I, and I understand running backs like low low first round, sure, and mm-hmm. running backs still have that 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 stigma. Of you're still going to have to pay him the number, but you're going to pay whoever the number is, regardless. Right. Um, if he can, if he can help the team, he can help the team, and I think he can do that. Um, but after him, it's defense, and and I I, I think then you're talking, um, like I was saying, it's either corners or um, or ends or edge rushers, whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, like obviously, like if Sertan's on the board, I, uh, speaking of corners, yes, Paul is correct. This is not just the uh, this is not just the um, former NFL. NFL corners draft is just former NFL players. JC Horn, son of Joe Horn. Yeah, I was gonna ask because I saw the name Horn. I'm like, is he is he Joe Horn's son? And he is. Yeah. Um, and then I think I think Farley also might have been somebody's kid. There's a couple. There's a couple who are. In I'll that, look yeah. up Caleb Farley and see if I can. Yeah. See. Um, there's a lot of NFL. Like, there's a lot of good. And that's the thing. To me, there's plenty of good corners. So I think I think you'd probably be okay getting one in the. I think you'd have your pick them in the first round. In the second round, that's where you're going to be kind of having to hope that one of the good first round grade guides falls to you. Um, so the the challenge is, I'm I'm again I would be in favor of the Bills doing corner in the first round. Um, obviously, if Sertan falls, that's a no brainer. To me, it gets a little more interesting after that. Some of these guys are bigger and less um, more. You know, they're good going to be good in zone coverage, and obviously the Bills run plenty of zone, and I get that. But I get concerned as much as like Travis Kelsey was a problem last year. To me, the biggest problem in the Chiefs game was Tyreek Hill, because if we can't cover Tyreek Hill, he's going to go for 175, 200 on you. If you can't cover Travis Kelsey, he's going to get 120, you know, and two TDs. But somebody's got to get in there, and I feel like you got to have someone who's fast to get up there. So um, Sertan is fast. Horn is 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 okay fast, but he's not he's not a blazer. Newsom is a guy who can hang with 
with with maybe with Tyreek Hill. Um, the two guys I like are both from Georgia, Campbell and Stokes. Um, both those guys were sprinters. Um, both those guys have experience in, in SEC offenses or dealing with SEC offenses, which are obviously, you know, in, in some ways the best offenses that you're going to deal with on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Harley is a bigger guy, so that that one doesn't do it for me. Uh, Samuel is tough because a lot of people think he's too small. I think he might be too small. He's also not quite as athletic. Now, you can make up for a lot of that with technique, and obviously he's going to be learning from a guy who is an all-pro. But at the same time, I, I think he's a stay away from me. Um, I, I would be more comfortable taking one of the Georgia guys, either end of the first round, um, maybe you trade back, see if you can pick up something to get into the, the early second. Um, because I think you there's at least going to be three or four decent corners who are all in that kind of low first round, mm-hmm. end of uh, beginning of second round kind of plot spot. That looks like Eric Stokes or Tyson Campbell. Yes. Okay. Those are the names, correct. Um, and then I feel like there's yeah there, there's a couple Kelvin Joseph is another one from Kentucky who had who had some good um, good 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 reports. And um, your point on size, Scott, Sonny Daniel Jr. is the only cornerback uh, under six one who has a, a grade in the first two rounds on most sites, and he's five ten. He's a full three inches shorter than six one. We already have one under six foot corner. It'd be nice to have a, a bigger guy over there. Yeah. And 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 that's that's your NFL drafts kind of measuring where you know the guy stands on his tippy toes. Right. Um, <laughs> <so laughs> it's, it's probably not quite five ten either. Um, that's his. Uh, the, it's his uh, his uh, what Match dot com height, but I don't think people use Match dot com. <laughs> <Exactly>. um, <laughs> um, if uh, I think yeah, the kids are gonna be like, what's Match dot com? I know they're like, is that Christian Mingle? <laughs> <laughs> um. One day I will tell the story about how I, I signed up for trumpsingles.com just to check it out. And I'm not going to tell that story today, but if you remember in 2016, that was a real website. Put, putting that on the agenda for a late May, early June podcast. <laughs> I yeah. told my wife and everything. I said, I want you to know I can't resist. I have to see what this website's about. And she said, okay. <laughs> added, anyway. added to my notes for future podcasts. <laughs> Frank Trump Singles. Done. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to take a second to deal with that. And <laughs> let me, okay. So, so the one thing you didn't mention, and I know Paul talked about was tight end. Um, and I, and I, and looking, if I, if I just go, I'm on pff.com. Mm-hmm. If I go to tight end, the top tight end is a guy that they say is actually an offensive tackle. Kyle Pitts from Florida, <laughs> but, um, he's a, he's a beast. He is, yeah. he is, he is, he is, I think, I, I don't know if they call him a tackle because he's a tackle or they call him a tackle because it's, Figuratively, like he's the he's the size of a tackle, and he has the he is Gronkowski, he is Travis right. Kelsey. They said as rare as Sewell is for an offensive tackle prospect. Oh, I see. They're talking about this guy Sewell. I I read that wrong. Pitts okay. might be even rarer for the tight end position. You just don't see 245 pounders move that way. So he's ranked fifth by PFF, and then the next tight end is 55th, and it's the guy. It's a guy from uh, Penn State, and you know. What little I know about Penn State and Big Ten football is like, you know, it's not terribly pass heavy, so I, he might be fine. Um, you know, Fryermuth, um, he looks. Yeah, like, you know, he, he, you know, he, he's a, he's a big guy. He he catches the ball fine. He's not he's not a game breaker from what I recall. Uh, right. He did not play them last year, but um, I don't remember him being a guy who would, was. I was going to ask, would, would you put this position at the same thing as? running back but even like less yeah. realistic Pitts, where you're Pitts just is, like Pitts is, Pitts is gonna be off the board by by right 15. 
if some yeah. by some miracle like we were to release a picture of him smoking dope in a mask and and if you wanted to trade up if you if he's there at 10 i'm pretty sure there the phone's going to be ringing off the hook to whoever's at 11 right to, to start get start getting there and right. by all means like if the bills want to go for it yeah i mean i think that's the same thing the the bills have an a offense the difference between them having an a offense and an a plus offense is might be Kyle one more is one more elite i would say one more elite weapon yeah, and that, that to me is either Pitts or I could say Etienne might be that guy. I'm okay. not saying he's definitely going to be. Pitts is kind of a no-brainer. Etienne is the only the only knock on him is is probably just the running back, um, you know, limitation. That the value of running back, right? Okay. The, the, the guy, you know, he someone's got to throw him the ball. You know, he's going to get cut, lost in the sauce coming out of the backfield. Whatever it is, like he just it's, it's a little harder to, to be dominant there on some some level. Okay. Um, Let's so, not ignore the fact, too, that this is the best tight end class we have ever seen in terms of names. We have Tom Tr- Tommy Tremble from Notre mm. Dame. We have Trey McKitty from Georgia. We have Matt Bushman from BYU. We got Pro Wells from TCU. Strong, strong class. Um, a lot of, a lot of also, did, did you say uh, smoking dope in a mask earlier, Frank? One, if so, I feel that's responsible if he's wearing the mask while doing it. And two... Uh, smoking dope. Uh, this is not a 1982 podcast. I just wanted to point that out for all our I listeners. Was, they I have not gone in the time machine. Wasn't to listen that the to guy like five dope. years ago that like he had like the gas mask on yeah, and it was it was Laramie Tunnel. Right, and you know, and he's like all of a sudden his draft stock, you know, stock That's dropped, right. and and you know, we still don't really know who dug up Josh Allen's, you know, tweets from when he was 14 and released those on draft day. Um, Look, if it was Brandon Bean, God bless him, because like if, <laughs> if that if that sabotaged his, his his draft position by one spot, I don't care. Uh, you have no. <laughs> when I was doing this day in Bill's headlines research, so many things had Allen being either the first or second quarterback chosen, and I'm like, wow, these this is one case where it seemed like a lot of the uh, the the headlines I read were more like uh, you know they they had a little more on target with him being as high as he was, whereas none of us liked that pick at the time. Well, let's move on. I'll tell you what. We're going to move on to listener questions. But after listener questions, before we do our fifth-year option, I want your prediction for the draft. Um, you know, you can say position or player or, or trade or, or whatever you want to say, but you got to give me a prediction after listener questions. Do we have listener questions, we, Paul? We do. We have two of them. All right. Uh, we'll start with our Eagle OC, our old friend, Koptar Season. Uh Congratulations on the milestone and happy to tune in for round 10. Well, thank you very much. Um, question. I know the obvious holes are on D, cornerback and defensive end. Uh, and I think Scott's really addressed this point pretty well. But I'd be happy with any position on offense, not QB, being drafted more than D. In the playoffs, I feel like we could have used more O than D. Am I crazy? And I would, I think Scott brought up with that. All these end. O's and D's are Frank making agrees. me a little horny. Yeah. <laughs> that's what she said um but yes go ahead paul sorry yeah i was gonna say that and you have a game-breaking type tight end if you know the degree there is one you know we just covered this topic so i won't go back into it but yeah i think if you're gonna find that guy who can break a game open at one of these positions no matter what it is i i would say go for it if that option's there at 30 i yeah. go ahead scott sorry Sorry. Yeah, I'll, I think I'll come back to briefly one of the things that I was going to say a couple of weeks ago was that just based off of the amount of talent that we already have on offense, and it, you know, 
it needs to be you kind of have to go big or go home you have to get a first round elite talent otherwise they're not going to chase they're not going to move people away from Diggs, from gabe davis from cole beasley from the josh allen running threat whoever's coming in has to be better than those guys and it's it's tough to find those so unless you're really doing excellent you know you there's really to me like two first round guys who can do that and then after that you're 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 kind of stuck so i think that's it i i'll I'll echo scott's uh, position i i think that that's exactly right if you're not going to go from a to a plus on offense um or a double plus really then you know i just don't think it's it's not that i don't want to do it it's just that i don't think it's going to be realistic and and really you can go from maybe b plus to a on defense with a with another corner or a, a decent edge rusher um but we'll see what happens there what's our other question from listeners sure that question would be from brian uh as, as always uh i should say as always but a frequent questioner on the same tangent as the first response is a best player available strategy what you'd like to see are the glaring needs for a pass rush and effective run stoppers on the d-line too important to ignore i think we've we've all largely answered that one so we'll go on to the the second question he has also would you be against trading back for more picks if offered I'll start there and say absolutely not. I would not yeah. be uh, opposed to that at all. If the the values, like I said, if you have the top 25 guys on your board are gone, you don't think there's going to be a guy who's a game breaker for the coming season, but you're finding multiple guys who you feel could develop very well over the course of two, three, four years, then yes, as the music announces, mm-hmm. I think you should absolutely do that. Yes, I will do my, my youngest daughter's bedtime and uh, and and – um, so that my wife can go on the Peloton at 645. <laughs> um, yes, I will. And I'm going to chime in first, Scott. I'm sorry. I am completely with Paul on this. I, I know controversy is better, but honestly, the way we've talked about this draft, it sounds like you'd be better off having two or three picks in the 40s um, and 50s uh, than one pick in the 30 and one pick in the 50s. I think that you're really sort of you know, it sounds to me like you're still going to have a good ability to get a couple of these positions that that might help as opposed to just one. Um, I am in no rush to do anything, which I, I, I do think wonderfully suits Brandon Bean's temperament. I think he's just sort of he's ready to do what's right or what he thinks is right. And I think to, I think this might be one of the times where we see him go back instead of forward. Scott? Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I, I will not belabor the point by just saying I, I agree. And I think um, there's a couple of I think there's going to be a couple positions that are thick for the Bills in that in that round, both end and corner to where if if there's multiple guys they like on the board in the, in the lower half of the round, then go ahead and trade back if you get a good offer. The Buffalo Bills have two fifth year options coming up. Um, I'm going to give you guys a little bit longer to think about what to do. Um, one Josh Allen and one Tremaine Edmonds. Um, Edmonds, of course, is about seven years old, which is one of the things that we all forget with him, um, that he's he's like only just going to turn 23 or 22. Um, and, and Allen, of course, you know, the wunderkind, they've talked about, you know, they've had preliminary talks to get um, get the ball rolling on an extension for him. But both of them are subject to fifth-year options. It would be a $23 million uh, fifth-year option for Allen, it seems, and another 12.7 for Edmonds. Um, 
I don't know if like their play. I think their play this year could affect that as well if they were to make another Pro Bowl, let's say. Um, but you know, Bean, Brandon Bean certainly said, um, you know, they're going to wait till after the draft to figure out exactly what to do with these options. But he also made no bones about the fact that like he certainly wasn't envying the idea of locking these guys up on just fifth-year options for you know. $35 million and not having extended them and, and obviously distributed that money. Um, the bills are sort of, I would say almost cash strapped this year, if not, a, if not cash strapped and, and, you know, with, with a big quarterback extension on the horizon, um, you know, and, you know, Edmonds, a very young player. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on it. Let's go to Scott first. Cause Paul will be, Paul will be doing a lot of talking very soon with this day in bills headlines. Yeah. So Scott, you first, um, Give me your thoughts on either one of these getting the extension. If there is, you know, uh, sorry, the, the, the option, uh, would you exercise either? And would you um, maybe forego um, either one of them? I guess the only one that would seem plausible would be Tremaine Edmonds. Uh, no, I mean, I think for me, they're both worth being here in the long term. I, mm-hmm. I think there's obviously Allen is, is not really whatever we have with Allen, we have to keep. And, you know, if, if he changes, then we'll ride that ship down. But I, I don't foresee that happening. Um, with Edmonds, the other thing that bothers me a little is the, is the, um, is the injuries, but even then they haven't been really major or significant um, kind of just little things that hopefully with maturity and uh, good kind of nutrition and, and training, he'll, he'll work through, so I don't have a problem with signing either one of them to, I, I would say for me, I it's try and get them both extended as soon as you can. Um, if you can't and you need to take the the fifth year option, go ahead and do it to, to get you more time to do the extension. But I think um, I think it's, it's critical to keep both of them. I don't think that either one of them is, I don't think you, you can find another guy like that. I think the other thing to think about is so the cap year this year which is not the year that we're talking about because we're going to be talking about they, we have to extend them before this year to keep them for the year after. Um, the years after this, the cap is going to start accelerating again, probably pretty rapidly <clears throat> once we get to a kind of post-COVID environment or whatever that looks like in America. And the the money that the NFL is raking in is going to go up a lot. And they are, they are still the only live TV game in town. And that's going to mean a lot of TV revenue, and that'll mean the cap will keep going up. So I think it's going to be, it'll behoove us to 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 keep keep talent now, and put that money into the out years under the assumption that the cap will be large enough to support it um, going forward. Unless a, unless they form a super league, of course, which would really mess well, up. Yeah, that would go well. Yeah, I I think there's no doubt about that. I think that's that's <laughs> I think the bills are going to be part of the future. <laughs> Just be the Bills, the Chiefs, the Patriots. Oh, that's we'll have to put that yeah. down too. Bills, what, Green NFL, Bay, what else? NFL Super League. Yeah, right. Oh, this is a good off-season activity. The NFL. Right. Super, of course, it won't NFL be timely season? news by then. Right. Okay, but, Paul. Your thoughts? Yeah, on these, on fifth year options. I agree 100% on Josh. Uh, for sure, he's either going to be he's going to be part of this team long term, whether it's getting the extension in advance of the fifth year option, which I hope they do, or him getting it at some point in the next, you know. Uh, getting the contract in the next season, season and a half, or then franchise tags, whatever it takes. He's part of the team. Tremaine, 
gets to the be the point. I agree with Scott that this is a very good, very young player. Um, we've we've all criticized him in the past because he did have some struggles. A lot of that was injury based, but he still has some issues with tackles. He still uh, has issues shedding some blockers sometimes. Again, those things could very well develop with with age and experience. The one concern becomes, well, this year is certainly cash strapped and next year, maybe uh, per brand being saying it might only go up about 8% paying on, you know, what the revenue looks like, whether the TV deal hits in time or whatnot, but they're getting to a point now where once they pay Josh, they're going to be in a position where they're going to have some good young football players. They're going to have to look at and say, I'm sorry, you know, we have too many guys on their second contract right now who are also good young football players who are now good veteran football players that we need to keep. And so can they, are they comfortable committing to Tremaine Edmonds at, you know, the the amount it would be, the 12, 13 million, whatever it was, I can't remember the exact total, you guys might have said it, um, for the 2022 season, knowing they might not have as much cap space as they can. I think it's a more difficult decision. I think if you put a gun to my head, um, I do give him the fifth year option and hope to extend him because I think he will continue to develop. Even if he doesn't end up being a, mi- a great middle linebacker, he certainly shown all the skills to be a weak side linebacker uh, already at a, at a very young age. So I think that is, you know, I think you keep him, but I think it's a little more questionable just based on how you're looking at which good players you want to keep and which you might have to make a hard decision to let them, you know, explore their options. I think that's a very fair um, assessment, and I think that it'll be interesting to kind of see what they come up with. Okay, so here we go. Prediction time for the draft. Um, I think that they are going to trade down. I think they're going to trade down um, because I don't think – I think the fact that they invested in running back the last two times in the third round, I don't think they want to get over-invested in running back. I think that they're okay with what they have, and they're not too worried about the running game. So I, I don't know that they even value – a guy like Etienne, the way that Scott might. So I think that with the big offensive bit pieces being off the board, I think they'll trade back unless um, there's a really great corner there. But I see them, you know, kind of, I think they're more, I think I am, and my guess is they are more worried about the pass rush than they are about the corner. I think that they probably want to get to the quarterback better than they have been. And you look at guys like Jerry Hughes, who are great, but are getting older, and it's time to start, you know, uh, you know, there might be 100 defensive ends on the Bills, but they, they, I feel like they think they need 102. So uh, my guess is that's the way that they'll, they'll go. I have no names for you. So, Scott, do you have a name for us? Uh, I mean, yeah, so I, I, I kind of agree. I still think they're going to go defensive end. Um, I hope it's somebody where I hope it's one of the Miami guys like Jalen Phillips or Greg Rousseau, guys who are very talented and explosive, but have had um, either not a lot of film or kind of checkered injury careers, but at least there's a high upside. Um, I like, you know, the, I, it, it's frustrating because I, I, Jason Oa from Pencil State, from Penn, Penn State is one of those guys who also has that kind of explosive thing. But again, he is a guy who much like it, he who shall not be hanged, named from Penn State was kind mm-hmm. of a one-year wonder um, who didn't who you know kind of played well and then literally last year did not have a sack. Um, so that's that's a bit of a red flag. But at least that's the type of guy, um, the kid from Georgia, uh, Ojolari. Sorry, um, I could see them doing that. In all probability, they will pick somebody like Joe Tryon, who is a guy who's got a high motor and tries really hard 
and is like the Washington University of Washington version of AJ Epinesa, and uh, we'll still be complaining about our pass rush in December next year. So. Very good. All right. I'm going to uh, first. I'm going to pause this video that accidentally auto played when I tried to look at my list again. I'm going to go against my own instincts and logic, and say they trade up in this this draft, and I will go with that based on the thought that it's they think they can pull <clears throat> this year, and this might be their best chance to do it. They retained literally everyone who was productive last year, except for Corey Bajorquez and Andre Roberts, who are guys they feel they can, they can or have replaced adequately. And so I think they want to trade up for that one more offensive difference maker who's going to make things happen. And I'm going to say, I'm, you know what, what the hell? I'm going to say Devonta Smith. Why not? Uh, 61175 well. out of Alabama. Um, I think he's going to drop. I don't think Levante Smith is good. Devonta Smith is going to go top 10, even though Whoa. he's projected to in a lot of ways. That is a, well, that's a, that's a win a pizza kind of take there. If you, if you get that right, we got to give you lots of, yeah, no, that's pizza. there's there. My odds are definitely under 5% on this one, but I figured right. what the hell you get, you, you miss hundred percent of the shots. You don't take Wayne Gretzky, yeah. and Michael Scott. Yes. Uh, what are the NFL rule changes? The only thing I saw was, uh, that the, the only ones... one worth discussing is the numbers, really. The others had to do with slight alterations, to ways you line up on onside kicks and things like that. But the numbers rule um, is the only one I wanted to point out because uh, I was watching Eric, listening to Eric Wood talk about it, listening to him talk about it, I guess. Yeah. Um, and he was saying, you know, it's going to be an adjustment for offensive linemen because they are used to identifying defensive formations as our defensive coordinators by looking at the numbers, racing onto the field and off the field, to try and get an idea of who's going to be across from them. Now you're going to have a linebacker wear number eight, and you're going to be trying to figure out, is that an, is that a, an extra corner? Is that a nickelback? Is that a linebacker? You're going to have to be much more, you're going to have to go into the game knowing who's who and who wears what number and being able to identify them on the spot quickly. Um, but I know it's, it's something a lot of players like, because, you know, all of a sudden you're going to have, you know, again, linebackers wear number eight and crazy stuff we haven't seen before. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting. We'll see how it plays out. I saw that the bill's suggestion about uh, the hiring window being pushed back was, um, was tabled as was the Eagles um, fourth and 15 onside kick uh gamified thing was also was also yep. um tabled Th those seemed interesting the to mini me. game yeah the mini game within the game um what any thoughts on that scott i i sort of am just not really but i i think it's a good idea i think it adds more fun i think an onside kick is stupid and dangerous and and rewards the ability of one random person who's on the roster to do like two specific things like that they could do one of them sort of well and it's like a the, the chances they're going to do that thing well are still like 35 percent um it, it's just kind of like a, a very odd way to end a football game so um i'm perfectly comfortable with them i don't know if it should be fourth and 15 i think it should be like fourth and 20 i guess they're probably doing it off of the percentages but mm -hmm. i feel like on some level if you have a play for fourth and 15 that's probably going to get it done for fourth and 20 um and i don't want to I don't want to encourage people to do it more than they than they would otherwise, um, because I think there's fourth and fifteen. Like, there's a lot of plays you can get fifteen yards on. That's that's not mm -hmm. that's not that's mm -hmm. not nothing. Like that that's 
that's gonna i think that would change the structure of the game more than a fourth and 20 so I, but regardless they're not doing it. <clears throat> okay very cool the the end uh i see mandatory vaccines paul was there a story about this or yeah just... it was just uh we don't have to discuss it it was kind of a short time thing whether we wanted to talk about either topics of will the players be required to have mandatory vaccines like certain employers and universities are doing uh or will they not and will fans particularly in buffalo where there's already a split uh be required to have vaccines for the game that could be pet table as an off-season topic, though, because the decision is going to have to be made eventually, and we're already at, what, 52, 53 minutes, so. Yeah, it, it, it was interesting because I know that the the county executive said one thing and Andrew Cuomo said something else with regards to fans, and I also read that they're they're pretty sure that the, the players union, or there wouldn't be mandatory vaccines in the NFL, so, yeah, let's table that because I think that will be an interesting discussion. Let's wait till somebody decides something. And then we'll we'll comment on it like we knew better all along, as opposed to putting ourselves out there now. Um, this day in Bill's headline. This day have- in Bill's headlines time. All right. This was I was hoping there'd be a lot more than there was uh, this time. I did manage to get nine headlines. We did have to go back to 1980 to do so. Uh, some of these are going to be easy for you guys. Some will be a challenge. And here we go. 2017. Buffalo Bills should pass on blanks fifth year option says the fact that blank has battled at least seven different injuries and has been 100 healthy on a game day perhaps a handful of times in three years only exacerbates sammy how dumb sammy watkins i think i heard scott say and that would be the correct answer zing all right 2011 going back 10 years now <laughs> bills add stout linebacker blank in third round uh, Chen Gailey said he played sideline to sideline at the Senior Bowl better than he did sometimes on tape. We were really able to see his speed there. He made all conference and we heard some good things about him. Uh, he's a thick guy. He's 250 pounds. Um, so this was a player who played all 32 games in two seasons with the Bills starting 24. Uh, but then he was after that, he was uh, he moved on. He was a journeyman who played for about four other teams over the next six seasons and never for more than two years with any of them. Preston Brown? No, very good guess. But it is a good guess. Um, I'll give a, I'll give a. There's one yeah. hit I give. I'll give it away. But I'll give it to college now. It's uh, LSU. Um, he's currently a defensive assistant for the Detroit Lions, so he's already entered the coaching ranks. Mm. LSU linebacker. Sick. Um. I think I can give the clinching hint here. So he left the team via trade, and let's just say that trade has continued to work out quite well for the Bills. Okay. Oh, oh, it's 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 who we traded, uh, Kelvin Shepard. Kelvin Shepard. There, I fear that would be the one at the top to trade for. That's who, right. Who are going to say Jerry Scott? Hughes? Yeah. Jerry Hughes. Yep. Frank got that Very one. Nice. So. All right. Two thousand nine. Um. This is this is just not a good story. Uh, blank trade has already started game of musical chairs and draft. Perhaps the reason why more teams weren't involved is because they had some of the same concerns the Bills had in regards to blank. The Bills have had blank on their roster for the past five seasons and thus have more information about both his talent and work ethic than anyone. And yet they could not compel themselves to offer him the $10 million a year he was seeking. He'd begun to show too many of the bad habits that caused a 
340-pound athlete running a 4.840-yard dash out of college to go undrafted, and it made such a sizable investment too much to his stomach. Mm. Mm. So some hints were dropped in there. One, this was a terrible trade. Uh, Two, 340-pound athlete uh, who ran really quickly but went undrafted. Bills was with the Bills for five seasons before it was traded. I will give a, a hint here while I can hear the wheels turning. He made, since he left the Bills, he has made seven Pro Bowls. He played last year and he has indicated he wants to play again this year. And this was a trade that happened 12 years ago. He will probably get into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Not wearing a Bills jersey. Uh, Sorry, defense or offense? Defense. Or no, offense, excuse me. Uh, I'm Corners, so lost today. No, I'm very... a cornerstone player uh, traded for a pick that became <laughs> Eric Wood, so it wasn't a total disaster. Um, but a guy who is a franchise player in an offensive position that behind quarterback may be the most uh, valuable offensive position. So is it, so, it's not Jason Peters. It is. It is Jason. Oh, Peters. okay. There you go. Yeah. I, I thought he was earlier. But Gosh. Yep. Okay. All right. 2004. First round team target. Uh, let's see. What is this headline? I phrase this. Uh, okay. I think I cut off the headline. So let's ignore the headline. And we will just go to the story. Uh, Mike Malarkey and Tom Donahoe are keeping an eye on the QB situation with blank and blank to develop behind Drew Bledsoe. At the same time, the Bills are interested in building more talent around Bledsoe. So basically, this is an article speculating the Bills may draft QB to develop behind Bledsoe and speculating on who those guys might be. So two 2004 quarterbacks, two 2004 draft pick quarterbacks are who we're looking for here. 2004 that, draft pick quarterbacks. Is that, is that the Manning Roethlisberger years? Yep, that, J, that would be J.P. Lossman was the Bills quarterback. Right? J, yeah, he did pick J.P. Lossman. I will say he was not one of the two that uh, was mentioned in this article. I will give the hint, and I, I think one of the names was already said, uh, but the Bills did play against both of these quarterbacks last year. So, so they played against Ben Roethlisberger. They did play against Ben Roethlisberger, so there's one. They did not play against Eli Manning. They it did must be Philip Rivers. It is Philip yep. Rivers. Yep. There you go. Good job, Scott. Nice tag teaming on that one. All right. 2001, 20 years ago today, Buckeye reunion blanked to join Winfield as a bill. Nate Clements. Yep. Wow. All of these clues. Uh, and I will just ignore them all. Ashton Yabodi. <laughs> <laughs> Good job on Nate Clements. I do want to note that we've criticized Tom Donho a lot for obvious reasons. This draft, his first five picks were Nate Clements, Aaron Schobel, Travis Henry, Ron Edwards and Jonas Jennings. Like Henry had the least successful career by virtue of only being the league seven years. Like Clements was 12 seasons, Edwards 11, Schobel nine, Jennings eight. So that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a good draft. Yes. So good job, Tom in 2001. Um, all right. 2000. Uh, t- for those of you who don't know, today is the anniversary, a sad anniversary of Patrick Tillman's uh, passing in Afghanistan. Uh, and it appropriately timed with this headline. War hero blank is ba- added to Bill's wall. Uh, the Buffalo Bills announced that blank's name would be added to the Bill's wall of fame located at the team's stadium. On July 21st, 1970, 
Blank was killed in action at the Battle of Fire Support Base Ripcord when his unit came under enemy 82mm mortar fire. He was the only active pro athlete killed in the Vietnam War. Bob Kalsu. Bob Kalsu. Good job. Good job, Scott. All right. Scott is tore it up today. Just absolutely the MVP. Yeah. Well, three to go, Frank. You still got a chance here. Um, this is this is this is normally where I hit the wall. In the, in the, <laughs> yes. At, okay. Late nineties. So yep. I'm gonna listen really importantly this time. Here we go. All right. <laughs> Actually, we had a nine-year gap, so we're back to 1991 now. So we're going back 30 years. The headline is "The Rocket Vanishes." In signing a four-year bonanza with the Toronto Argonauts, reportedly worth a potential 26.2 million, Ragib the Rocket Ismail accepted the money instead of the challenge. For wide receiver running back, as functionally fast as the Rocket, the challenge was discovering just how fast he would be against the best NFL defenses, but now he'll be running in the obscurity in the CFL. Um, and then it says, except for the occasional ticket, but he's not the first to accept the CFL money instead of the NFL challenge. At the 1979 draft, Blank, an Ohio State linebacker, was introduced as the very first choice, but he spurned the Buffalo Bills to join the Toronto Alouettes. When his contract expired, the rights revert to the Bills, who traded him to the Cleveland Browns for three draft choices. One of those choices, a 1983 first-round pick, was used by the Bills to select Jim Kelly, now their quarterback. Okay, so this would be a quarterback in 1979 who never actually played for the Bills. Right, a linebacker, actually. Ohio State linebacker who never signed. He did very well in the CFL. He was, at best, an okay NFL player. And so even though the Bills essentially blew a first, they got no value out of that first-round pick for several seasons, for really seven years, because Kelly didn't even join the team until 96. Um, 86. Eventually this 86. Did lead, yeah, 86, excuse me. This did eventually lead to uh, Jim Kelly. And again, this guy was a decent linebacker for the Browns, and then two years with San Fran. He was in the league six years, and it was never great. So maybe the Bills dodged a bullet. Yeah, I am. I am not going to be able to tell you uh, a linebacker from 1979 that was a Toronto Alouette of all things. <laughs> all right, Scott. Any any guess? Uh, otherwise, um, is there a reason we should know his name other than it leads to Jim Kelly? The, the trivia tidbit part of it. Like I, he was a. I used him a couple of years ago in the Disdain Bills headlines for the same reason that he's really the reason the bills were able to pick Jim Kelly. Cause remember they picked Tony Hunter in the <coughs> 83 before they picked Jim Kelly. They went tight end before they went quarterback. Um, so without this guy, they never would have had the Kelly pick. I'm going to say Snooky from the Jersey shore. Similar. similar. Uh, it's actually Tom Cousineau is the name. So Tom Cousineau. That's a so name. Saying that for when I ask it again in 2023 mm-hmm. or so. Okay. All right. This one's more gettable. Um, 31 years ago today, 1990, uh, look for bills to go for talent first. The Buffalo bills will wrestle wrestle with a classic dilemma in today's NFL college draft. Do you draft for need or talent, uh, picking in the first round for the first time since 1987, uh, the bills made blah, blah, blah. All right. Buffalo's greatest needs are on the, on the defensive line and at cornerback, but the three players who could help most defensive end Cortez Kennedy of Miami and Ray, mm-hmm. Ray Agnew of North Carolina State and cornerback Blank of Fresno State probably will be taken before the Bills come to bat. Um, now, Blank was not taken before the Bills picked, and in fact, uh, they picked him. He was the highest rated cornerback in the draft, his 4.38 speed in the 40. Uh, 
John Butler, who is then the Bills director of college scouting, said, I have a feeling he will either be picked by the sixth or seventh pick, or there might be a possibility with some other team's needs that he might be sitting there. Um, unfortunately, he had four disappoint season with the Bills. He kept losing his starting job to Kirby Jackson. Uh, he had no pick sixes. He did score a TD off a Steve Tasker blocked punt in a crazy Sunday night game against the then Los Angeles Raiders. It's probably his one highlight. What year was this again? 1990. So okay, yeah. Henry Jones was 1991. Yep. So, and he was a safety, not right. a corner. But, Looking like, I was in the right part of the field, so. Yep, um, yeah, definitely defense. Sorry, this is the guy lined up next to Nate Odoms. Uh, and, again, it was always Nate and then this guy or Kirby Jackson, and they were pretty much in and out of the starting lineup, those two. Kelso was also a safety, so it was. Right. If you had Kelso and Leonard Smith, and then they let go of Leonard Smith to get Henry Jones. Jones. So this was that other guy who was back there at the time. Damn it. I don't know if he started. I think he started in the first Super Bowl against the Giants. <sighs> Since we're stalling, I will give the hint. Wait. Yep. No, never mind. Go ahead. Uh, Just... We're talking about uh, someone who's played for the Bills. Just name a last name. So he's a Williams. William, very good. Dead on. Uh, James Williams, or J.D. Williams, as he was often JD. called, out of right. Fresno. So first-round disappointment. All right, we'll close it off by going back to 1980. Uh, this is a tougher one. You have to know some Bills history, or I will Come just on. give you a big fat hint. Bills trade blank. The Bills have traded wide receiver blank to the Oakland Raiders for linebacker Phil the Lapiano. Blank was with the Buffalo Bills for nine seasons from 1971 to 79. He led the NFL in receptions from 1975 through 1977 with 176 total. Please be Ahmad Rashad. It is not. Good, good oh. guess. I think Ahmad was just a little bit. I don't think Ahmad was quite with the Bills up through 79. I think he, he was gone a little bit earlier. Oh, that's his. Billy Shaw, Billy Shaw. He Bobby was Shaw is another good Bobby guess. Bobby Shaw was, was at, before that. Bobby Shaw, and then... Billy D. Williams? Oh, no. Oh, no, I, yeah, I can almost see the white uniform on the top There are some good card. receivers. It wasn't Haven Moses or Marlon Briscoe, who are two other common guesses. He is eighth in the for the Bills in all-time, eighth all-time for the Bills in receiving yards, just ahead of Stevie and behind Jerry Butler, and ninth uh, in receptions uh, between Stevie and Golden Wheels Dubenian. Um, he was a teammate of OJ's at USC. Uh... If that helps, I will give a bigger hint, which is that he shares a surname with one of the Bills' better tight ends uh, of recent memory. Well, not Royal. Nope. Not Metzelars. Not. Um, yeah, more recent than those guys. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, who was the uh, Clay? Was it Clay? Is the problem? It's either it's between Clay and this guy, this this guy with this last name, um, for best tight end of the Bills of the last ten years, I would say. Who's the other good tight end? Scott, Charles Clay, and I mean, quote unquote, good. Yes, good by Bills standards. Um, the guy, yeah, the guy we're talking about now, the tight end, played for the Bills from. For a long time, uh, for a number of seasons, from 2010 through 2014, and then he had one season in New England. Scott Chandler. Scott Chandler, yes. So the receiver we're looking for is Bob Chandler. Bob Chandler. Uh, one of the best 
uh, best in the Bills. He was he was a guy who established, you know, uh, really when the Bills were emerging out of the OJ era where they were just running nonstop and OJ was getting older. Uh, they Joe Ferguson started throwing more. He ended up having a 4,000 yard season in there. And a lot of that was due to, to Bob Chandler, not a guy we talk about a lot. So I figured I'd throw him in there today for this day in Bill's headlines for April 22nd. Whew. Well, I, I just, I don't want to end the podcast, but it's been an hour. And also I just, I'm mad that I like, I got absolutely roasted in that this day in Bill's headlines. That was a hard one. And I, I give kudos to Scott for, for getting as many as he did because that was yep. tough. It was, and, yeah. and mind you, I only found not like the the other ones were either like absurdly too obvious and there weren't many of those or just not a lot of headlines. So this was a rough one. I'm hoping next week I have a lot of post-draft analyses ones from recently. I would think that you'll find plenty of draft ones for, for next week and I, or, or two weeks. Maybe we'll wait till yeah. after the, the draft, but for sure. Um, if you'd like to send us some Bills headlines or, or something, go for it. Uh, at MNY Bills on Twitter or Facebook.com forward slash BBillsMNY. You can search maybe next year on Google. You're already listening to it, so tell a friend where to find it. Um, this has been a, a very good episode. Thanks for doing this with me, guys. Uh, with, uh, Our I, pleasure. I enjoyed it. Yes. Um, we'll be back after the draft, after we've had enough time to read a few articles to um, decide what we think about the draft and then, you know, just take the opposite position of whatever somebody <laughs> says. And then we'll, we'll we'll come on here and we'll sound really smart and we'll complain about training camp or something and and we'll see what the bills do. But hopefully, whatever they do will have a lasting good impact on 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 the football team. Uh, we'll we'll find out. So thank you so much for listening. My name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. Good night, everybody.